work is fun. And so I grew up with the idea that work is fun and challenging. And when it stopped being fun and challenging, I would move on. And I realized that's a mindset that I'm really gifted to have because I think a lot of people have work is hard. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Goals Come True with me, Doug Bennett. Today, I'm joined by Lynn Michelle Thomas, who's across the pond. So here we go. Lynn, over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit of background, and um, how goals fit into your world. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much for having me on, Doug. Yeah, my background, I started as a tax attorney at Arthur Anderson and left there, went over to Bank of Boston as a private banker, and then became a change agent for a reorganization going on at the bank. And what had happened during the 10 months I was there is that two people out of 1,800 involved in this reorganization um, had a heart attack, and one died and one was out on disability. And this was because of the stress um, of going through this reorganization. So I went out and I found a company to come in and talk about stress, which is new AG at that, in, that, in that time. And I talked them down from 1,500 to 500. So I was mighty proud of myself. But I went into the top project manager and told them that they'd come in and talk to everybody about stress and how to manage it. I won't have other people having heart attacks, hopefully, et cetera. And he said, no. And I said, no, it's 500 for everybody. And he said, no. And I said, I'll pay for it. And he said, no. And I like turned around, had the hair stand up on the back of my neck, walked out, resigned the next day because I didn't want to work for an organization that really didn't care and really didn't care that I knew that they didn't care about their employees at all. And I wanted to find a way where we have the win, which is when the employees can win, the clients can win, the shareholders can win. And those involve difficult, different conversations. And so that's my firm. So I've been we're involved in client and employee retention for about 31 years and have worked with 10 different industries, about 480 companies, and basically help companies to retain employees longer, which is really core now, and, and how to attract and retain them. And then also with clients, we deal with clients in the top 20% that generate 80% of your revenue. So it's basically helping companies to retain them so they don't have to replace them and more money goes to the bottom line, which then is hopefully split among um, the various stakeholders. Excellent, excellent. There's lots going on in there, and you've been working on this for quite a while. So, how, how do goals fit in on this? Goals. Interesting. When I look back, Doug, I think like, how did I go from being an attorney and then, not quickly, but after a number of years, leave that after going to law school and current loans and everything? And it's just I grew up with um, a father who really loved his work, and it was work was fun. And we used to go in as kids into his office on Saturday sometimes. And on the intercom, I remember we'd say, we'd say something we'd hear throughout the office. And it was like, work is fun. And so I grew up with the idea that work is fun and challenging. And when it stopped being fun and challenging, I would move on. And I realized that's a mindset that I'm really gifted to have because I think a lot of people have work is hard and create that and whatever. So I think goals for me unconsciously for a while were I've got to find a job that's challenging and fun. And that mm. keeps, keeps me challenged. And that I think, and for me with goals, Doug, it's more I think about the feeling I have when in a job that's challenging and fun. I do have visualizations I have used and vision boards. But for me, it's more I'll imagine how I feel when I achieve 
whatever my next goal is, whenever I want to. So it's more sort of the feeling based. Have um, a lot of positive quotes around that keep me inspired that are part of achieving the goal because mindset is really important. I think having a growth, continuous growth mindset, at least for me, has been really important that I have to continue to grow. And that for me means I have to do two things I'm comfortable every day. And why? Because that's how I grow. And, and that's how I learn new things. And I want to adopt something. I took that from Tom Peters. And as in the presentation he was giving, and he said, and there are about a thousand people there. And he said, if you go to work the same way every day, you eat with the same people, you watch the same restaurants on the weekends and the evenings, you hang out with your friends and your family, they're the same, you do everything the same. He says, where the heck are you supposed to get new ideas? Yeah. To, yeah. Which was great. So he said, when I go to the airport, I pick up magazines that I know nothing about. And most do pick up magazines you know something about, which just reinforces. So for me, the idea of being uncomfortable is I'm growing. And, and that's positive as opposed to I thought it was not that. One thing is I make sure I do two things I'm comfortable every day. And the other thing is, and this fits into it a little bit sideways, but I have a friend of mine, Scott Jones, who invented voicemail and, and he really did. And he, every day, whatever his most pressing personal and professional problem is, he comes up with 20 solutions. And I remember, hmm, I said, 20, why? He said, well, then the first five, anybody will come up with. And he said, even the next five, he says, yeah, they may be good, but they're not going to be, he goes for patents. He gets a patent about every couple of years. So he wants really extraordinary ideas. So he said, once you get around 15, 16, 17, you're blending a little bit of three and eight and 11, and you're putting them together and you're coming up with something like, wow. So what it, it, when I started doing that, and I do it twice a week, not as disciplined as him, is that it shows me, I, I, shows me and what I've done it with my clients, which is that's what I want from them, 20 solutions. Because in COVID, you need A, B, C, D, E, F, G, at least options mm-hmm. because things change. Yeah. And um, that then they have something to compare and contrast and maybe pull apart and put together and they can play with them. And then you go to verification. You know, it, do we have the people to make it? Is, is this the right time? How long will it take us? But most people don't come up with 20 solutions because I think school system tells you there's one answer and that's not the world. So coming up with 20 solutions opens my, opened my mind to many ways of achieving my goal. So if I say, okay, this, I want to achieve this goal, what are 20 different ways I can do that? It opens up possibilities. So part of it is for me is just coming up with many different ideas of how I can achieve a goal and keep pushing at that. So if there's one aspect of the goal I seem to be stuck on to push through that. The other thing I'd say that helps me is if I'm stuck, I start tossing things. I throw out things physical. I'll go around and say, what I don't need, I'll give to charity. And somehow emptying my Home, emptying my office, creates movement. If I can't go in, 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 in your mind, if you can't do it in your mind, you take it to a physical level. And that right. always has worked. So if, if anybody's ever stuck, just I suggest just throw out things, which you don't want. You don't throw out things you want, but throw out things you don't want, give them away, whatever, and just create space for new. Also, affirmations. I say them a lot and they help booster me. But if I want a goal and I write it, I remember when I was at Bank of Boston, uh, as a private banker, and I didn't want to go on to be a um, loan officer. I wrote a statement, and I kept writing it about 120 times. And three weeks later, that statement came true. So it was at to the T. Actually, it said three weeks, three and a half weeks, this job will come. And it was three and a half weeks in a day. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give the day. But it, we'll accept the day, won't we? 
Which yeah. They, uh... it, it shocked me. And it came out of me right now what I want it. And then just put out, that's what I want and, and trust it. Also, I find you know, working with companies and, and individuals is most people in my mind, at least don't, don't shoot high enough because they're afraid of failing mm-hmm. as opposed to have something as the North Star. And then if you don't make it to the stars, you'll fall a little short, but you'll be among them and you'll be great. So yeah. to, to, to shoot really high and make it a stretch, it's not supposed to be easy. Now, it shouldn't be impossible, but, you know, I also question what's impossible to do. They never did a vaccine in a year. We never went overnight remote. I take away what's impossible. I, I think where it said on an average day, we use 2% of our brain. On a day, we really pump in the ions 5%. And Einstein men in the century, 12%. And, and I think if I go to Roger Bannister, and when he broke the four-minute mile, um, a, a British medical school student, within, I think it was three months, you know, two other people did. So I keep questioning when people say, well, that's impossible. It's like, well, I get, you don't know the answer. You don't know how to get there. It may not be impossible. I like the come up with 20 solutions. And you're right. The first five are a breeze. Right. First five solutions. And then it gets tougher and tougher. Uh, I like that idea. Two things that stretch you daily, is it? Or make you uncomfortable? Yeah. Uncomfortable. Comfortable. Okay, so what did you do yesterday? Oh, so I, I do this in my driveway. I got out of my a car via the driver's window. Okay. That was one well, of them. Um, yeah. Because after you do this for a number of years, you run out of the water. You run, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Then I've got to start thinking a little bit odd and weird. Um, so I do it in the privacy of my own um, driveway. But I wanted to know, because I read somewhere, they said you could take a headrest off and that'll punch through a window anytime, which was like, oh, interesting. And so I was thinking about that and I said, let's see what it's like to get out through a window. So that was one. And the other one is that I, I let my dog off the leash, which is uncomfortable for me in this wooded area. And just to see how he would be, because it was a little bit of a risk and I was a little bit uncomfortable, but he was fine and I went being fine. So those are the two that stretched me to trust him more yeah. and have a new experience. Because my friend Scott does 10 things uncomfortable every day and that's where he gets the ideas for his inventions. Yeah. So it is about, for me, widening the spectrum of possibilities. Yeah, and, I like so, that. I yeah. like that. that. That's really cool. You talked and touched on their, you know, big, we call them big, hairy, audacious goals. <laughs> yes. Okay, bags. So have you got any that you've completed in the past or that you're working on at the moment that you're prepared to share with us? Sure. One of them is I just joined Strategic Coach and I joined the 10X program, which is to take my business from where it is and to grow it 10 times, which is easier than doing it um, two. So I start my first class, my first call to class, September 24th. And I've been part of it before, took a pause for I was raising my daughter and a bunch of other things. So I'm starting that. And that's a big one. That's going to open me up because doing 10 times, Doug, it just it blows my mind. Like, how do I take what I am and 10 times it? So mm. as we think much bigger and larger. Other goals um, I have for, well, helping my daughter getting through college and getting to graduate school. And that's a dance because what's support for somebody in their 20s and what's controlling? And that's, it's a goal for me to be supportive collaborative and champion and not controlling or dictating Yeah, um, the relationship. Yes. I want to make sure there's something called impact parents that has a model of you dictate when they're young and then you start 
around 16, 17, 18, doing more collaboration, like, well, what do you think would help this? What do you think would help this? So you start asking them because if it's not on their agenda, which I've learned, it's not going to get done. Yeah. Like, why agenda? Forget it. And I had a lot of agenda items that you didn't get them done. I'm like, why aren't you doing them? Oh, it's not on our agenda. Yeah, that's, no, that's a good support. goal. Yeah, so it's, that's it's good It's dictating, goal. collaborative, supportive, and then you champion them. And you probably don't champion to like 25, 26, which is, wow, you did that on your own. That's great. And some people, which I used to do is go from dictating to champion, but I wasn't giving the structure to help her reach her goals. And yep. that was a total new concept for me. That's a goal that I'm still, I'm still working on. And then what else am I working on on my, on my goals? Financially to get all set for retirement. And that has a ways to go and how to invest that and looking at new options around that. And how does, it, does it include Bitcoin? Good call. <laughs> no, Good. No. <laughs> One of my other businesses is wealth planning and preservation. And so it's something that I would imagine this is right up your street. Okay. You clearly enjoy what you do, but there will come a time where you want work to be optional, but you know that your finances are in a position that actually I'm set for life mm -hmm. now, but I can carry on working because I can carry on working now. All of a sudden I enjoy it because I know that I'm not having to do it to put, you know, food on the table and keep a roof over my head. No, that sort of thing is sorted for the rest of your life, you know works for you and works with you. But I'm so pleased to hear that you're not involving Bitcoin. That's no, right. there's actually a friend of mine whose brother was one of the first who started it and he's done well with it. He's made money over the years, but well, he said, I just, I know there's going to be some other type of coinage or some other type of currency that will come up because it's time, everything changes. I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm open to that possibility, but Bitcoin's not a bet on the future that I'm willing to make. No. Um, Good call. So, um, a bit on the outer edges of risk. Yeah, it's if I had, I don't know, X amount of money to play with, it'd be something to toss. And my dad was um, a very good investor. And he'd always take 5% of what I do. I just put on penny stocks. And after a while, some of them hit, did well. And and as a private banker, we more or less give that advice to our clients. That you take a certain amount, one out of 20 penny stocks will do well. It's a little different now, however people invest, but there's... Yeah, expect it. Yeah, take a risk, have some fun with some unusual ones, but always keep the eye on where you want to wind up. And it's probably the um, usual strategies that are going to get you there. And I think with at least the federal government here, subsidizing, just printing money galore, it's going to stay robust um, the stock market for some period of time. Yeah. Um, so I, that, that's at least um, my belief there. I think I need to add in there to, sure. to anybody listening, past performance is not necessarily regard to future return no. and the value of investments can fluctuate. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah, relationship with your daughter, getting that balance right. And what were the four stages that you used? It was? Parenting is its first dictating, which is when they're young, tell them what to do, then collaborating. And that's mostly asking questions. And support them. Can I support you in that? Do you have everything you need on that? And then champion. So those Good. are four stages. And the two metal ones were totally foreign to me. And I yes. those are the critical ones really from probably 13, 14 till whenever they achieve adulthood, whenever that is. So it's called well, yeah, Indeed, whenever that is. <laughs> it's been really helpful and it has to be their agenda. And yeah. that I've had to step back from with my daughter and just say, well, what's important to you? 
what do you want to do? And I have my agenda in my mind, but it's, it's her life and how she wants to live it. She's not doing anything wrong. She's not doing stuff. Yeah, it's, it's some lessons that they have to learn on their own as long as they don't. Absolutely. You know, yeah. It's an effect their health, that sort of stuff. That's uh, those are the critical things that you need to concern yourself with. But no, I like I think that's who'd have thought that we'd have parenting tips on a goals do come true podcast. Well the thing is like, I think like most people have some angst around parenting. If it's not with one child or maybe with another child and and this whole new concept for me of these stages was like, wow, what a what a great idea. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to have a good long-term lasting relationship with my daughter, and I've got to give up on my agenda, put that away, and listen to her. She's 20, so it's like she's got opinions, and you know, she's picked a boyfriend. She's done well in school. She just goes in a slower pace than I did. I was one, I just moved in a really quick pace in school. It was really easy for me, and it's not as easy for her, and she's much more socially adept at her age than I was. We all play to our strengths. So. Absolutely. And that's a that's another important factor. We are all different. There's 7 billion people and we're all unique. As Absolutely. Dan Sullivan, strategic coach, would say, we've all got a unique ability. That's right, unique ability. Yeah. And that's another thing about goals, that if you... For your, if you don't know where your unique ability is, you can look it up and, and all, but it's at any given time, there's about five or six things we do really well. We're, we're doing fast. They give us energy at the end. We do them better than anybody. And the more we do it, the better we get. And then there's excellent abilities, competent and competent, sort of four concentric circles. So if you have a goal, so for me, I try to make my goals for my unique abilities and my excellent abilities because the competent and competent, I should be delegating elsewhere because I get frustrated with those and because I'm not going to be good. And actually, the more I try to do them, the worse I get. That was a great Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's because they say concentrate on your weaknesses and it's really, yeah, you just end up with really strong weaknesses <laughs> and, then, and then, and they're weaknesses because you're damn good at it. As you yeah. say, delegate it. That's, that's quite okay. an important thing that and touch on that. And I will be touching on that in my new book, which is um, coming out shortly. About winning big. So I, one thing I see sometimes people doing is playing small in their life in work. And I think we all need to um, play big. And what I mean by that is be fully who we are, not playing big by taking over other people or being aggressive. But that middle, people talk about being aggressive or passive. They don't talk about the middle, which I think is assertive. And that's where I stand up for what who I am, what I believe in an appropriate way. Um, I don't sit back and hope and wait and be passive or I don't cut people off. But to live my life fully and bigly. It's probably a word, bigly, because what anybody plays small, I think everybody loses. You know, I was working with this one client and around the management um, team, there was the newest person who was an, an attorney and a compliance officer. And this was for an investment um, firm. And he was the youngest, he was the newest. And, and I did executive coaching with him too. So when we were doing one-to-ones, I'd Let's say I call him Harry. So I said, Harry, you told me before you want to bring up points X, Y, and Z, and you didn't say anything. You know why? And he said, Joe always cuts me off. Joe's the sales guy, always talks, he dominates, blah, blah, blah. And I said, so what? Tell Joe to stop. I don't want to. I said, hey, I think part of your job is the SEC will be in here if one or two of those problems you said happen, and that's going to be on your head. You need to speak up. It's uncomfortable. You don't like it. But one thing to do is say, Joe, stop. And the next level is, Put up your hand, Joe, stop. The next is stand up, Joe, stop. 
Joe will stop. And so we role-played it. The next meeting, he did it. Joe stopped. After that, two or three more times, he had to do it. And now when he speaks, people listen. And he has a unique perspective. So I think everybody, if you're around the table, please give everybody a voice and please listen. And because I think the more perspectives any organization can have on a situation, a problem, an idea, the better the idea will end up being. And Harry had to speak up. And, and now the third highest paid and valued person there because he has insights nobody else would have. So he, he's totally brilliant. And sit back and you're afraid of being cut off. It's come on, that's your job. Get over it. It's yeah. if he cuts you off, he cuts you off. That's Joe being Joe. Joe does that to everybody. It's not about you. Yeah. You're right. But he had to get over his, his reluctance to be cut off or those feelings associated being cut off. And okay, so it doesn't feel good. So what? Stop him. And so I think. It's important for people, whoever they are and whatever their role is, um, to be to play it fully, to be big in your life, personally and professionally, because that's how we can all win. But if we all play small, I think we all wind up losing. Normally, towards the end of the podcast, say, right, Lynn, let's have a nugget from you. Okay. And I think we just got it without <laughs> me even asking. Awesome. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you, Lynn. Oh, leave it there. And I'd like to thank you again for joining me and we'll catch up again very soon. Look forward to it. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to review and subscribe on Apple, Google or Spotify. I'd love to hear about your goals. You can share them with me at dougbennett.co.uk. 